All right, welcome to our second uh, season of the Summer Together podcast. This week, uh, we are with Andrew Wolf, who's on our staff, leads us in congregational care. Um, our hope each week for this podcast is that it inspires, um, inspires your faith midweek and keeps you feeling a sense of connection with sisters and brothers in the St. Paul's community during this season. This summer, I've invited a whole host of people to share their favorite poem or story. Even if poetry or literature is not your thing, you will like hearing the voices of people in our community who will join me, lay people, members of our staff, and many more. And you'll be surprised uh, to hear what some of them have selected as their favorite works. The Bible is full of all kinds of genres of literature. Poetry and stories are many of them. They have a unique ability to bring up emotions that we don't always know we have or to open our imaginations in faithful ways. Again today, I have Andrew Wolf with me to share a favorite uh, poem and then talk about it for a few minutes with me. So welcome, Andrew. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. So what did you, yeah, what did you pick to share? So the the poem that I chose is uh, actually a hymn. It's from Philippians chapter two. It's commonly referred to as the Philippians Christ hymn. Uh, And and what's happening in the scene is, is Paul is writing his letter uh, to the Philippian people and encouraging them. And uh, as, as you'll note, there's a sudden change in the way the text is written. Uh, it becomes very vibrant and uh, it, almost like a hymn, a song, lyrical. And so Paul's shift in the language and the way he's writing is referred to as the Christ hymn. And so we get it here in Philippians chapter 2. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord with one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. And then this is where the hymn begins. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Beautiful hymn that's in our scripture. So why did you choose that one? So I chose this hymn, this scripture, uh, because it is the text that was read at Amanda and I's wedding. Mm. Uh, when we were preparing for our marriage counseling, the preacher asked us to choose scripture that reminded us of the vows we'd be making. Mm and would be a foundation piece for us in our marriage together. And at that time, studying in seminary, uh, this was a piece that just really stood out to me, Uh, uh, something that was very grounded in in good theology and in who God is, but then exuberant and joyful, rejoicing in who God is. And I love the imagery of humility and of sacrifice, of this compassion that Christ shows to the world, and Amanda and I really found that to be the, for, the formative piece of our relationship was um, sacrifice and love, humility before one another, um, because we just really thought that that was 
where we wanted to start off. Yeah, it's our off your marriage. I, I love that the pastor offered that to you. I'm going to remember that in premarital counseling. Yeah. I think that's a great thing to ask people to think about what are the foundational scripture for on which to build a marriage and a life. Absolutely. Um, you know, our, our wedding, we were very intentional about what we wanted to do. And we wanted everything in the service, um, the, the way that, that the bulletin was organized, wanted to tell the story of God, wanted it to reflect um, our deep understanding of who God is. And so uh, even Amanda's ring uh, is designed in a certain way that reflects the story of God. It reflects these symbols and imagery of the Christian faith in that ring. And so even down to that little detail, uh, to the scripture that we read, it was all telling the story of God's love and our faith Hmm. um, as we married each other. Yeah, the imagery in the hymn is really powerful. And um, all the ways, again, to think about who Jesus is and who we are to be. So I think about that first line, Andrew, about let the same mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. So um, do you want to say a little bit more about what it is what, the, what it is to have the mind of Christ? I mean, what is it that, that's important about that? Yeah, uh, when I think about letting that same mind uh, be in you that was in Christ Jesus, it's the the idea of seeing the world as God sees the world. Mm. Uh, this, this mind of radical hospitality, of, of deep compassion and, and welcoming acceptance for all of God's people. Um, seeing this world not as something to be utilized or as something uh, as a means to an end, but really mm. uh, enjoying the world for what it is. Yeah. Um, how we see our friends, how we see our family, how we see um, our neighbors through that lens of generosity and hospitality. Yeah. Makes me think about um, how unique it is that poems or hymns like this are able to uniquely speak to faith in ways that other things just can't quite get yeah, at. I mean, what, what do you think it, yeah, what do you think it is about hymns or poetry or that, that do that in ways that other forms don't? I, I think that hymns and poetry, they're, they're not trying to make a rational argument. It's not trying to persuade the reader that something is right or good or worthy, um, but it is fully the writer's expression of how they um, have encountered God or how they've encountered the world. And so really it's more of a understanding and, and walking into that world of, of creative um, energy and, and thought behind what the artist, the writer has, has said. And so I think that is what draws us into it because mm. um, it goes to a deeper level than just rational, um, than, than a rational sort of argument that has to be won. Yeah, gosh, I love that. Um, maybe that's why the whole of, so much of the Bible is, is told in this kind of expression, hymns and songs and poems and other ways, storytelling. Right, yeah, yeah. all these narratives that kind of, come together to make an even grander story um, about who God is and what God's doing in our world. Yeah, it really just really has that thrust to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of makes me how we started off talking about imagination and about how the scriptural imagination, scripture does open up our imaginations to the world that God loves, to the kind of world that God is creating and wanting to be. Um, and certainly that hymn in Philippians really and it emphasizes that. What else about that hymn do you want to pull out? I, I really 
I just really love the part where it talks about Jesus humbling himself, uh, obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Mm. Um, it's just this real, um, the reality of, of obedience for Christ to, to be um, so faithful to God and so faithful to a loving uh, creation that he would die for us on the cross. It, it's humbling to read. It's something that maybe in the midst of everyday life, of, of all the, the rushing that we have, the, the excitement we look forward to in our family vacations this summer, um, and all the things that go on, sometimes the reality of the cross um, and just how painful and yet full of grace and loving that that moment is. Uh, I, I just love the words. I love how poetic the words are to bring that maybe fuller into my focus mm. uh, from time to time. It just really puts it out there in a way that I need to be reminded of in my own faith. Sure, yeah, we all do. And gosh, any season is a good season to be reminded of that. But I especially think about the summertime as a time when maybe we have some opportunities to um, rest and be at Sabbath rest and opportunities to serve other people and to be reminded of who we are and who God's made us to be. Right, yeah. And, and that's, I think that's what, right the cross does for us it, it gives us this expression of god in that um, we know that we are fully known by god right he's created us in his image but the cross is where we know that we are fully loved by god yeah we're, we're fully known and we're fully loved by god and it's only through christ um, that that real that that becomes a reality for us yeah um, and so i again that just just knowing that it's the cross that fully known and fully loved come together right then in that point. Yes. Um, we know our relationship to our creator. Yeah, wonderfully said. Well, Andrew, you lead us so well in caring ministry. And this summer, as people are listening to these podcasts, you're going to be in Bolivia on our mission trip. You're going to be mm -hmm. headed to some youth mission trips with our youth group. So you're getting around the whole congregation this summer and uh, serving in this kind of Christ-like way. And I want to thank you for that. Absolutely. I look forward to it. And it's been a joy yeah. uh, to share with you all today. Yeah, it's been great to be with you. Thanks for, for joining us. Um, listeners, if you'd like to comment on the conversation or share your own poem or story, please go to stpaulshouston.org, and we'll look forward to seeing that. Thanks again.